and like what you have done that is different. This is not a bad thing. Bob could do this too if he wanted to. But putting in all those little things, all the things you bitch about with your friends at happy hour, basically, all the things that come out when you're just pissed off and talking about, oh, they don't notice when I do this or they don't respect that or all these things, right? You're going to take all those things and then you're going to finesse them into a more positive light and you're going to present those to your boss in this proposal. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey, because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Today's episode comes inspired by a dear, dear friend of mine and some conversations that we were having lately about asking for more money where you work. So for many people, if you're not ready to jump right into freelancing, no big deal. This podcast and live or travel the work part of it, what I like to do is, of course, talk about a lot of freelancing because that's where my interests lie and that's where my expertise lies. But I also have some experience in asking for more money where you work. So I have a friend who is in a position where she's at a job and not getting paid what she's worth. Literally, you can look it up online, Googling your salary, trying to find out what you make compared to what other people make in similar positions, that sort of thing. The information is out there. So she has that to go to her boss and say, look, just straight up on paper, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, right? But that can be difficult. I know a lot of times it's not even about the money. It's more about struggling with a sense of self-worth and valuing ourselves enough to ask for what we are worth. Now, I struggle with the opposite as a freelancer, as a business owner who's been running my own business for years. I'm more like, just like, what do you mean? How can they not pay you? Like, obviously, if you can just like show them, like I'm very anti the sort of like corporate bullshit, frankly, that goes on and people being put into certain bands of pay and all that and getting paid the same as the person next to you, even though that person just jack shit. I mean, we all have those experiences. I used to work in offices as well and in the corporate world as well. Anyway, I digress a little bit, but it was easy for me to say to her, like, go in, like demand more money. Like, but then longer our conversations went on. Obviously I got to, okay, rewind Michonne. Remember 10 years ago when you were working for someone else and it was scary. It was really scary because the way it's structured in the corporate world, other people control what you make and other people control when you're going to get your raise, when you're going to get your bonus, all that kind of stuff. It's very just, it's icky, honestly. It's absolutely icky because we're lumped in as if we're all cattle, right? And we all do the same and pay the same and whatever. And it doesn't matter if you work twice as hard or more invested or come up with better ideas, that sort of thing. A lot of times you're paid what the person next to you is paid because it's like, oh, HR, we're, you're in a pay band and that's the best we can do. And ugh, it's awful. Anyway, back to my friend. Smart, funny, two master's degrees, uh, helped her company, a startup, secure a boatload of money and funding. She is definitely being paid less than she is worth, even just looking at some of the other people in the company and what they're making with their maybe less degrees or some people being paid. Basically, it doesn't add up, right? It doesn't add up. So we talked about, okay, you know, you're not being paid enough. You're living on scraps, basically. You need to ask for what you're worth. And I know that can be hard. So one of my tips that I gave her is to write it all out because this is my favorite way to ask for what I want. It, it, it's less, um, 
it, look at me right now, even trying to think of it, right? I don't have this podcast scripted out, obviously, and it's just coming out of my mouth more just haphazardly. You don't want that when you're in a negotiation for more money or for more anything. You want things to be scripted out so that you can stay on script and be clear in expressing what you want, why you want it, and why you deserve it. So my best tip is to write this shit down, okay? And it starts in your brainstorming and drafting ahead of time. You know you're worth more money at your job. You're going to ask for more money at your job. First, get a sheet of paper, open a blank doc, and brainstorm down. Write down all the reasons why you deserve more money. And just bullet point out, I don't care if there's 270 things on it, right? Or if there's 27, just get those things down. Why do you feel that you should be paid more? The worst thing you can do is go in and be like, well, um, you know, I grew up in Ohio, so I'll just use Ohio as an example. The Ohio average for a job is this, and I'm only making this, so I want to be paid what the market value is, whatever. That's a horseshit proposal, right? As a boss, I'd be like, I don't really care what the market value is because that doesn't tell me anything. Maybe I'm a small company. Maybe I had hard times this this quarter. Maybe I don't know. Like you can come up with all excuses for why you can't pay market value, right? If you're a typical company. But when you can come in and show the specific things on why you deserve more money because you have done all these things, right? Let's say you're sitting next to Bob who earns the same as you and does less work than you do. And you want to compare based on facts not just generic because they might say, oh, well, if we give you a raise, you have to give Bob a raise too because you guys have the same title and all that. These are all the things that I do. Does Bob do those same things? No, then he can't argue for the same raise. Hypothetically, right? We're also considering the fact that companies many times make no sense, but you can do the best you can do to prepare yourself ahead of time. So brainstorm down all the things that you have contributed since you have been in the company. And just as a kind of side tip here, I encourage all of my freelancing students to do this when they start freelancing for clients, when they come to work for me, because someday I want you to ask for a raise and I want you to have documented proof showing me why you deserve a raise. I don't believe that people should get raises just because they've been there for a long time. Like if you've been in the same place for five years and you're still doing the same thing you did five years ago, to me, the length of time is not a good measure for a raise. I'm more than happy to give you a raise after five months if you're like, hey, these are all the things that I've done the five months and I've shown up and I've contributed value and all that and I deserve more money. Cool. Back it up with facts, like why you deserve more. I don't think that many companies are set up like that. And I do think it's a shame because you'd get better production out of people. People would be happier and the company would be doing better because if people are contributing value to the company and their amount of their salary can go up, then they're naturally going to continue to find more and more ways to contribute to the value of the company. The company is going to end up making more money and then there's more money to pay raises, bonuses, all these kinds of things. But anyway, the world doesn't typically look at it like that. So back to the proposal, write up the things that you do, get it tidied up and organized. And then there's a couple ways that you can approach it for actually taking it to your boss. One, you could approach them face to face and have everything tidied up in a proposal and go over it with them together. This is my favorite approach. The second way you could do it is to just put everything into a proposal and email it to them. But I don't like this. <laughs> I'll tell you why. If you email it to your boss and if they are just your average cranky, I don't want to pay any more money boss, they can sit there and look at that email quietly and in their own time and come up with all these excuses and reasons why not to pay you, right? They have more time to develop their answer and write out excuses, basically, for why they can't pay you more. And they don't have to deal with the uncomfortability of facing you face to face. 
So I like to catch them off with the first method going to them and actually talking about it in person. But you have your proposal all written up on paper to remind you and to remind them of the facts. So this helps you because you're not just going in and, and rambling off the top of your head, which is totally what I would do because I'm a rambler. You have structure to the meeting, right? You call the meeting, you sit down with them, you say, I would like a raise. In my proposal that I put together, I've detailed out why I feel like I deserve a raise and basically like you can see the facts for yourself kind of thing. In this day and age with remote working, you can accomplish something similar. Even if you're not face to face, you can put it all together into a either Google Doc or a Google Slides presentation. Make sure you're on camera with them. You are in a virtual face to face and you go through and lay it out. And it's great because it just it keeps you on script. It helps you to really put together all of the things that you've done, make you feel that you deserve a raise and present to them exactly what you want. Always go high, by the way, always go high on what you want. Best case, they're like, you're right. And they just match your offer. <laughs> Worst case, they go, no, we can't do that, but we can do something else when it comes down low. Or if they go too low, you've got some wiggle room, right? Always go high. I like this because it doesn't give them time to develop excuses on the fly. When you've done your homework, you've prepared a tidy document, a tidy presentation, you can just go through point by point by point. And like with every slide, you're just getting more like, here are the things I've done. Here are the things that I am planning to do in the next whatever. Here's all the ways that I've contributed value to the company's bottom line. Here's what the market value is for this position. Here's my degree and my master's degree or whatever. And here's all this. And then you're tidying it up with, here's what I want. So it makes everything simple, keeps everything structured. They have to think about it in the moment right there with you on the call. It's not as easy for them to come up with excuses. They're having to either tell you something right away or they say, I'll have to think about this. Let me get back to you. But either way, you're there with them. You are able to read facial expressions, body language. You can sort of understand how they might be leaning. You can take away whatever they may blurt out in the moment because they're unprepared for this. They may say, well, I don't know, you know... <sighs> I see where you're coming from, but I have to talk to so-and-so, right? Okay. And then you know where their hands are tied with talking to so-and-so. Or they might say, I don't know, because then we would have to give Bob a raise also. I don't know. Whatever they're saying, you want to be noting down these little things, anything that comes up. Because when they say, I can't give you an answer right now, I need to think about it. You have at least an idea of the things that are standing in your way still, and you can work on preparing kind of a second follow-up thing of like, here's what I heard you say that might be standing in the way. And I've also solved this for you. Here's some ways that we can work around that. Basically, you're just giving the impression of like, no matter what they come up with, I'm going to push for a way to help solve it. And they're seeing you as someone who is going to keep pushing, not just fade away, right? Let's say that they brought up a few things during the meeting and they say they have to think about it. And you give them a few days but then you write back with, hey, I noticed in the meeting that these are a couple of the objections that came up. Here's how I foresee solving them. And you're pushing it back over to them. And also like, and when can we schedule a follow up meeting to talk about this? <laughs> right. Like you're not just going to go away. And most people don't do this. They wait for their annual performance review to come around. They wait for 
HR to notice and say, oh, right, yeah, this person, we're going to bump them up a measly, whatever stingy little raise that they give. But you are being proactive and you are taking action. Now, this is magnified 10 times if you are genuinely ready to walk away from the job, because what you've done is show them your value, show them what you deserve. You've worked on this and like your brain, your mind's already going to be thinking, damn right, I do. I do deserve to be paid this much. And if you're ready to walk away, that kind of feeling is a great feeling to carry you into job hunting, to carry you into the next interview or job that you're looking for, because you're sitting there with a new person going, yeah, these are all the things I did for my old company. Like these are legit things that matter and that someone will value, even if it wasn't my previous company. And it gives you a good answer when an interviewer asks you, why did you leave your previous company or why are you looking for a job? I think I would respect somebody who answered that question with, well, I've been with them for years. I really enjoyed working there, had a good working relationship with them. I felt that I was not getting paid what I deserved based on my contributions to the company. I put together a proposal outlining those contributions and advocating for an increased wage to match everything that I had contributed to the company and market value. And unfortunately, they were unwilling to meet that amount. If somebody gave me an answer like that, I'd be like, damn, okay, (laughs) this person works their tail off. They know it. They asked for more money. Company said no. And they are following through with going out and getting another job. And also that's setting a message to the next company like, you need to respect me. You need to pay me what I'm worth because that's why I left my old company. I'm here. I'll do good work for you, but I expect to be paid a fair wage for the work that I'm doing. Now, there's always the possibility that they will say no. And then you'll have a very important decision to make. You'll have to decide whether you are willing to stay working for the same amount or whether you will actually move on. I think you will actually move on because part of this process of putting the proposal together, it's not just for your boss. It is for you as well. It's a great exercise in laying out, really sketching out and getting clear on your value and what you will and won't tolerate. It's very hard to look at that proposal once you've made it, once you've sent it off, once you've advocated for why you should receive more. And then once you receive a no back, like just a firm no, we're not able to do that. We're not changing on that. It can be really hard to sit there and work at your job day in and day out knowing that it's going nowhere, right? And most companies, they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't take good people and then basically seal the glass ceiling on top of them and go, yeah, you're stuck in this box forever because we can't make it work. You can, you do have the autonomy and you should go look for other work instead. This will be a pretty quick episode, but I do want to talk a little bit before I go about actually laying out your proposal and how I would kind of structure it. And if you're going into a document or a presentation, you want to have clear headings denoting each section. So lay it all out as if you were writing your old English essays back in the day in school. So detail out kind of introductory section going into what you are asking for. You can go through the responsibilities of your role as outlined by the company. And then I was just going through the responsibilities that you have additionally taken on since you've been with the company, outline your wins and things that you have achieved. You can even outline some of the failures if necessary and like what you learned from them or failures that were only a failure in in sort of a sense of the word. Imagine you were tasked with writing a grant to secure $100,000 in funding and you led that team or whatever. I don't know anything about this. Can you tell? Anyway, and you secured $78,000 $78,000 of that. So didn't quite reach the goal, but that is not a failure. That is still a great 
achievement, instead of 100K, you secured 78K, that's a hell of a lot higher than zero. So outlining things in a positive light, I set out to do this, we achieved this, what I learned from that was this, and what I believe I can do next time is this. Outlining some of those learning experiences that you've taken away from the position. Definitely put your education on there, your degrees and what those contribute in terms of market value. Definitely put other professional experiences and things that you've done if you've been to supported the company at their networking events or you've gone done this that and the other all of those things anything that takes place outside of office hours as well if you know networking events or going to i don't know i don't even know what companies do can you tell i've been out of it for so long but going supporting people at this and that and the other event showing up for things that you've been supposed to air quotes show up at but not everyone does that sort of thing basically look at bob or whatever coworker you have you know the one we all have the one and compare yourself to them and like what you have done that is different. This is not a bad thing. Bob could do this too if he wanted to, but putting in all those little things, all the things you bitch about with your friends at happy hour, basically all the things that come out when you're just pissed off and talking about, oh, they don't notice when I do this or they don't respect that or all these things, right? You're going to take all those things and then you're going to finesse them into a more positive light and you're going to present those to your boss in this proposal. You're also going to want to brainstorm and have a section on objections. You're not going to call this that, but you are going to want to brainstorm all of the reasons why they might say no. And you're going to do your best to have those handled. Now, you might not put this in the actual proposal, but you want to have sort of a cheat sheet for yourself off to the side of, okay, when he says we can't do that because our hands are tied and blah, 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 blah. I don't know, whatever people do, whatever objections they have, you want to try to anticipate those and come up with solutions for them so that you are prepared. You want to be walking into this proposal meeting feeling super prepared. You're going to be nervous. Yeah, because it is. It's scary to ask for what you're worth, but you're going to be super prepared also. And you have the element of surprise on your side because you've just called a meeting with them. And here's another tip I like to add. Keep it vague. Keep the meeting vague. Don't say, I'd like a meeting to talk about my raise, to talk about earning more, to talk about whatever. Keep it vague because if you present it like that, again, they can kind of pre-prepare to tell you no. They've already kind of fixed their mind mentally. Maybe like, no, whatever she's asking for, no, I'm not going to give her a raise. But if you ask for a meeting around, I'd like to discuss my role, discuss opportunities for growth, or I'd like to discuss, I don't even know, just think of something. (laughs) I'm too far gone. I'm too far out of corporate. I'm too far like working for myself. I don't even know anymore. But if you keep it vague and they're not quite sure what you're asking for in the meeting, that way you have the opportunity to properly blindside them when they come in with all of your preparation because they're coming in just prepared to sit down and talk to you for 30 minutes or what have you. And they don't know that you've done your two, three, four, five hours of prep on your end and you are coming in ready to crush it. The final thing I would say, I guess, is to be more prepared than I was for this podcast episode. I had some talking points that could have been put together much more neatly, but I hope that the gist of the message got through loud and clear. Honestly, sometimes every time I record these, I think, oh, I could have done so much more with a bit of prep, but my brain just doesn't quite make it there. And I I think at the end of the day, what I hope is that this is helpful as it was versus me not having taken a few moments to record this at all. So there you have it. If you would like more tips and advice and information on all things live, work, travel, please sign up for my newsletter. It is at escapehatchnews.com 
www.jennyfeldman.com. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I love getting your questions. I love getting your messages. Just hit me up at live, work, travel, IG. And if you have something longer that you'd love to share or a more in-depth question you would like me to answer, please send me a message, an email at hello at liveworktravel.com. That's all for this episode. And I will see you back next week on Monday. Take care of yourself.